from the Mona Lisa to NFTs, MySpace to the Metaverse, the worlds and your mind truly never stop evolving. Step off the emotional roller coaster of life for a few minutes. Sit back, relax, and enter the world of rebirth. Today, we're doing something a teeny weeny little bit different. We just wanted to add this one in because we had something happen in our kind of daily real lives that we just wanted to break down because we thought it would be a great conversation point because we were like, we were questioning if we even wanted to talk about it. We were questioning if it was worth bringing up, but then we were like, no. No, this is this is the thing we need to talk about. This is why we started this podcast, to help people like us deal with being a professional and living their work lives and succeeding as an artist. And this is something that we really just had to talk about because we were struggling with it. And we wanted to talk it out and figure out the way forward. So today we're going to talk about how to win over a client from hell. And Steve, I just like to welcome you in today. How you? How you doing? How you feeling, buddy? Oh, I'm tired. I, that's why we're talking about this today. It was a. Was it some days? You know, are are all rainbows and butterflies, and other days are, you know, rain and showers and lightning bolts. It's you know today started with one, and I think we kind of are working our way through that. For sure. And whether it's days or whether it is weeks, because I know working together this past couple of weeks and all the things we've had to go through, it has been challenging. And you go through rough patches, and it's always great. I'm just putting this out there. This episode is just a reminder for anyone that's listening. Feel free to take notes, go back to it, whatever. Life gets hard. Clients get hard. Work gets hard. Interactions. Working with people is a challenge. And this episode is going to be breaking down a couple quick tips we had to how to turn around challenging situations at work, whether that be with a client, whether that be with a contractor, whether that be with a spouse, anything you got to do, anything. This is really just about challenging stuff and how to turn it around. So I've written down four great little tips that I wanted to break down here. And Steve, do you have anything to throw in before we get into this? Well, what kind of alcohol? That's the first tip, right? <laughs> what kind of alcohol? That is a great option. Not one on my list, but I think it is a great thing. Uh, a little booze always helps, you know, s- loosen the gears to uh, smoothing over a rough patch. So we're just going to jump into point number one on how to turn around a client from hell. And this one is going to be, you got to be objective. You got to be the own third party to your own situation. And I, I know it can be challenging in the heat of the moment. It's been a busy day. It's been a crazy week. It's been compounding, compounding, compounding. But if you want to turn it around, you have to take a step back. You can't steer the boat when you're down in the waves. So you got to really get up to the top of the mast and really just look around and be like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where they're coming from. And you just really got to get a top level view of the situation. I know it is challenging, but you got to climb above the fog and see the sun to really get a good sense of where you're trying to go. And sometimes, if not always, it's, it takes being a bigger person to get ahead of it and, and being willing to put your ego down and saying, you know, I don't need to be right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that that is one of the truest things. And it's, it's, it's also, it can be one of the hardest for some people. But I think one thing I've learned, despite being, as some people perceive, very young Getting rid of an ego and any perception of that as quick as you can really allows you to get to that crow's nest perspective 
and see everything when you're not trying to man the boat the entire time. Like you can let other people steer as long as you can get atop the sea clearly. And I think one of the analogies that I'd love to use in the over the arcing of this little episode, this mini episode, is uh, is just you and work. It's just you're a boat at sea. You're out in the middle of nowhere. You're trying to get back to land. You're trying to get back. There's waves. There's bumps. There's all stuff. You don't know exactly where you're going on a project or on a thing, but you're all working together to, to crew the ship to get it to back to safety. So one thing you got to do when you're trying to do that is manage both parties' expected input and output. And it is you have to do both. You have to manage what you expect to input and what you expect to get out from them. And you have to manage what they expect to get from you and what you, they expect to get. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. You got to manage expectations on both sides of the fence. So... You have to set them up to get the right things you need for them. You have to give them what you, you're you expecting from them in the conversation. Even though they are a, the client and you're supposed to be the one serving them, they're still a 50% a part of this. And you have to set up the expectations early on and consistently be like, this is what I expect from you. This is what we expect from each other, both going in and getting out at the end. And in order for any deal to work, both parties have to be happy, right? So... They hired you. They were obviously happy enough to do that. So start with that, but understand that you know you have like it has to work for both of you. So be very clear with your expectations at the start, and then you won't be upset later on because you'll be clear. And then if there are you know gaps, then you can reference the expectations and not your feelings, your emotions. Let let those objective things define the course of a project. And not so much your feelings and how, you know, maybe you felt hurt from whatever the actions were. Mm-hmm. And I think just one last tack to put on the end of that sentence before we jump into our next point is it's okay to be emotionally vulnerable, I guess. As someone that is kind of grown up in the internet area, internet era, I think times are changing. And I, I know I have a different perspective on this from some other people in the workplace. But I think emotional vulnerability is becoming quite in style. And I think everyone's getting to the point where they respect emotional vulnerability. And if you have to display that, it's okay to display that even in a workplace. If you're just having a bad week, and it's just being too much, it's okay to say that and just be like, hey, I'm sorry, this has been a challenging week. I'm just putting that out there so you know where I'm coming from. And they'll be like, okay, I was also having a challenging week. This whole thing went wrong. I don't know how to feel. It's like, I think getting, maybe the society isn't fully to that point, but I take that as probably the guiding thing in my life is just always telling people. And I, I even put it so far is the tattoo it on my body, the expression to wear your heart on your sleeve and always just express exactly what is going on inside on the outside. I It has changed everything in my life and I respect that concept enough to ink it into my skin forever. And I think I'm just going to peel that into our next point, which is something my mom always tells me and I will always try to remind myself is, Always be kinder than you need to be. And I'll just jumping back to the boat analogy. It is a long float back to land. And you don't want to piss off your other castaways. You can't land this boat without them. If everyone gets mad at each other and they just kick each other off the boat, 
your boat will never get back to land. Your project will never be done. You'll never get to where you go. And I know it can be challenging, and I know it's not always the, the way people would like to go, but just thinking in an idealist sense, I think being kinder than you need to be, just to kind of air quotes my mother, I know it's not something we can always do, but I think just keeping that as a guiding star in the back of your mind is it's a good thing because people only want to work with people that are nice and they can be happy and excited to work with. And when you're not doing your best to preach that, it's going to make things more challenging for you, especially if you're stuck in the middle of a project. It's the worst time to be able to do that. Yes, near the end of the project, you can let your emotions out and be like, okay, that didn't work. I did not like how this conversation went. It's like you can debrief at that point when your, your boat's landed. You can all, you can be like, I hated this. You never have to work with them again. You can be honest and, well, you can always be honest, but you can be a little less kind at that point. But I think strategically speaking, as long as you're on the boat, you got to kind of be kinder than you need to be to make people want to help you and always be on your side. And that's just a little tidbit from my mother that uh, I, 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 I should have called me about that. I should have called your mom this morning because I needed that <laughs> advice. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think, yeah, a good call from mom. I think that's another point. We'll just put that one in right here. Point number four, what would your mother do or what would mama say? <laughs> And then uh, jumping into our last point, just running this in a quick episode here is a concept I took from a somewhat leadership coach slash mentor at work that I met. His name is Matt Gould. Uh, he wrote a book about this. I've read most of the book. I, I didn't get through all of it. The last chapters I didn't feel super relevant. So I stopped and went on to something else. But the, the entire concept is lead from the heart and lead from the bottom. The inverse leadership pyramid is something I've been spending a lot of time thinking about in the past six months as work has been changing. And I think it's you're the leader of every situation in your life and think of yourself as a constant leader is a good perspective to have because it, it just changing that perspective of where you sit in the relationship means that you have an effect to do and that you can change. Even if you're not necessarily the manager, the boss or whatever, you are still the leader. You can still lead from the bottom and you can lead the entire team on your back to wherever you need to go. And I think of thinking that whether it's you and your clients, you and your contractors, you can be a leader and you all share an equal part of your team to lead them to victory. And I, that was just a concept that really got out of his book. And I just uh, it's been a really game changer for me. And I just think it's a it's a really great one to jump on. Well, you know, a story that my mom has told me, um, it's about servicing others and just the power of that. And if you service others, you know, that's how true happiness comes. And so from that, I came up with um, my meaning of life, which I call the five eyes. And that's to use intention, imagination, intelligence, and intuition to improve the lives of others. And so the most important part of that is to improve the lives of others. And if you always think of it that way and not about yourself, then you'll inherently make others happy and then your clients will be from hell will when you'll win them over so keep in mind that you know 
Everybody has crosses to bear. We all have challenges. People aren't out there to hurt you. Sometimes they're just hurting themselves. And so if you approach it with, with, with grace and with, with um, dignity and patience for people, and you just think about how can I make them happy? Like, how will this make them happy? How will this make them happy? That's all you need to do. So if your client has any issue, how will this make them happy? Answer it in that question and you will get out of your hole. If you think about it as how will this make me happy, you will get further down your hole. And so simple as that. I think that is a great way to, I guess, simplify this whole thing is like, how do I make them happy? It's like, even just like, even if it's only a half step and it's like, you have to take a slight diversion to make them happy to get to the end point. I think ultimately it kind of just ends up as a win, 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 win for everyone, I guess. So Thank you, Steve, for sharing that that great story from your mom and your five eyes. I think that is a great spot to end this show. We thank you guys so much for listening. This is just something we wanted to tack in a bonus episode, as you could say, where we're just talking about what is going on in our lives and how we are using this platform to help share it with you and help everyone grow. I enjoyed channeling my inner Jay Shetty in this episode. If anyone knows who that is, great reference. Uh, I'm happy you listened to his podcast as well. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Always be kind to the need to be. Remember the five eyes and always try to make someone else happy first. And that will help you change your clients from hell and win them over and make everyone's lives better. And use your podcast as counseling. <laughs> Yes, podcast is a podcast is a suitable replacement for an official counselor. Thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you in the next episode. Have a great day.